Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. Plenty going on. We're early into the season of World Rally Championship, Formula E. We've got the young guns ch- chasing uh, single-seater glory. Um, there's lots going on, actually. But I'm going to think we're going to start, Tiff, with um, Formula 1 news, as we always do. Yeah. There's a bit of a war of words between the FIA and the, the whole uh, media. And it's, it's well, a bit it's, confusion as well, isn't it? Well, it's, a bit, it, it's a bit dramatic this week, you know, with Bin Slayham um, stepping back. So, I mean, you know, First of all, we had Ben Slam saying, you know, he was going to censor all the drivers. They couldn't make any political statements. And then we had, you know, Dominic Carly, who runs the Formula One Manufacturers Club, saying that they're not going to, um, they're not going to hold anyone back. Um, so and it was, you know, they're not going to gag the drivers. Uh, but he stepped back. So a bit of a big shock at FIA. He's obviously thought he's probably said the wrong thing a few too many times. So he decides he doesn't want to be in the front line anymore. Well, so I'm sure I'm sure everybody knows. I'm sure our listeners and our viewers know. But Ben Slayham is the head of the FIA. So FIA is um, El Presidente. He's El, El Presidente, and that's every all all the top motorsport is um, is uh, formulated uh, uh, officiated. Is that the right word by them? Yeah, um, they run the rules. They run the rules for motorsport yeah. all over the world. And then, of course, you got Formula One, which has become just a, a massive. Uh, well, an entertainment company has it really. So, in the, and so well, there's the SOM, which is SOM, which is the Formula One manufacturers, which Dominicali is in charge of. And then there's, of course, there's Liberty. Formula One, Liberty so, Media, yeah. So there's, so there's three, there's three people in this wedding. Three, it's a three people marriage. So, so he's not <laughs> stepping down from anything, from his role, from his El Presidente uh, responsibilities. What he's stepping down from, he's saying, I'm not going to get so involved in the Formula One yeah. stuff. Data operations. He's shoved for Nicholas Tombazis. Tombay, I pronunciation apology. Always had apologize every week. Um, <laughs> he's a Greek guy. I mean, he looks really like he could be the right man because he was a designer at Benetton, McLaren, Ferrari. Um, and he and he went to join the FIA what, in 2018. So he's been there for five years. Uh, he's a bit of a poacher turned gamekeeper, which is if he was working with Benetton, they had a few uh, scandalous accusations aimed their way with uh, traction control and McLaren, who had the scandal of uh, of buying some prints. So um, he could be a good man. Hopefully that will work. And um, I harmony. Bet I bet we have less controversy. So let's lay him at um, many Formula Ones over the year, which is going to uh, over the season, which is going to kick off in a few weeks, which is exciting. <laughs> I was a little insight to this this FIA stuff. I mean, this is just one item, right, that they had an argument about last week. I mean, it's the weight of the cars. We all think they're like juggernauts anyway. But there was a massive argument about about the difference of two kilograms. Because apparently last year, the minimum weight was 795 kilograms, which they upped to 798, three kilograms more, because we made you reinforce your floors that were all flexy and causing the porpoising. So they imposed that as a sort of, Extra, but they promised to go back to 796 this year, one more than 701 kilograms. But then, apparently, due to an administrative oversight of the FIA, they didn't officially say, No, we're going to stay at 798. So then they had to go to the teams, they hadn't put it in the regulations, and ask the teams, Can we stay at 798 and not 796? And it needed eight manufacturers to agree, and they wouldn't. So obviously some manufacturers thought that they could 
they can get down to 796. Um, so at the moment, I think it, it's staying at 796. Then, oh, that's right. The FIA then came up, ah, okay, well, if you won't vote for us, we've got another regulation we'll use. And apparently there's another regulation. If they change the tyre construction, they could add another kilogram. Oh, And to my mind, I mean, this is great meetings and committees. And I, mean, I think you know, the cars are too heavy anyway. But you don't want them to be too light so that the drivers are made like jockeys at horse racing and don't eat for a week before because the designer says you're too fat, mate. But surely um, they should be to, agreeing this before a few weeks before the season starts. Oh, well, there was an administrative error. Oh, crikey. Just call it 800 kilograms and be done with it, for God's sake. I mean, the trouble is they probably think, they always say that a kilogram heavier, we lose, that's two seconds a lap slower. I mean, the fuss they make about these extra kilograms that apparently cost, you know, half a second a lap. And yet once the race starts, they're all fat, full of fuel. I mean, they don't seem to be much there. Anyway, well, they're much slower, of course, they're not qualified. But the amount of um, penalty per lap is very debatable for weight. So far more exciting in Formula One, Max Verstappen has given Drive to Survive 30 minutes of interview time for the season last season. So uh, he's uh, honoured them with 30 minutes of his time. He hopes that, that the information that he provided will be entertaining <laughs> and useful. So uh, we've, we've... It depends how they edit it. Oh, how much those... Which bits, Max, will they just chop that out and make you look like a right mug or make you look like a hero? They won't well, he is a hero, that. isn't he? he I mean, yeah, yeah, he's a mega He's a hero last also. year. But, um, the last was actually wasn't even final on the FIA. There was another interview. Martin Brown was a long interview, which I haven't read it all with Mark, with Domenicali. And again, he's sitting there at the end about the you know new teams coming in. Well, you know, they must be sustainable, and uh, we don't want teams dropping out, and we we can't have, we mustn't harm Formula One. And this little ten team clique is really digging its heels in, and. Um, doesn't really want anybody else to join. Mustn't them, harm think. Formula One. So, so we rob uh, a world champion of his title at Abu Dhabi. <laughs> no, this is form. This is form. Don't forget. Oh, sorry, no, not yeah. FIA. Yeah, See, yeah. now I'm getting confused yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Some good news for women's motorsport. Let's let's talk about that because some nice news uh, that Catherine Legg is going to do the Indy 500 this year, and uh, she's been one of the best female British female drivers we've ever had. Uh, a fantastic record. I mean, she she did single seaters in England when she was a kid and then a, a young person. Uh, then she went over to America, did the former Atlantic series, like a former two, former three series, and she won her first. She won three rounds and finished third in the championship really well. Um, she then got lured back to um, to do DTM. Now, no, first of all, of course, though, she went out and did she did two years of champ car then, including horrendous shot road America, the kink as it's called, going onto the back straight which is concrete 10 feet off the road. The rear wing fell off approaching it. I mean, huge, huge shunt. Um, but she was competitive. She was in there, you know. But then DTM lured her back to Europe, and she had a couple of years there. Uh, back, of course, against Susie Wolfe. But again, they both had these year-old cars, so she was all at the back of the grid. So she went back to America again um, and got a good career going in uh, uh, GT racing. She raced in that ridiculous three-wheel thing as well, Delta Wing. Oh, the Nissan, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Le Mans. But did she went back to Indy though in, in 2012 and 2013? But I don't think she's driven a single seater since 2013. Wow. This deal's come out of the blue. I mean, she's a contract wow. with Honda, Honda um, GT driver. She finished fourth in the class in Daytona, 24 hours. So will her um, pass cross? Uh, will she pass cross pass with Indy Lights with Jamie Chadwick in any any no, just time this year. It's just a one off. It's a one off yeah. deal. Obviously, it's a publicity thing. You know, she's a Honda. It's a Honda engine. So it's a Honda entry. 
Um, it's been run by Rahal Letterman, Bobby Rahal's team, uh, who ran her actually in the I-Pace Electric series, the slowest form of motor air, awful, awful thing that supported Formula E. Um, she did quite well in there, but um, so you didn't, Rahal, you didn't like that then. Oh, that was ridiculous. Uh, quickly dropped by Jaguar. So I, I can't see how she's going to, you know, feature very far up the film. It's a massive task to agree to do. You know, she's been racing GT cars. I mean, it's a very brave step. But she's a great ambassador for the sport, for women in, in motorsport. And, um, you know, she's, I'll have a go. She's 42 years old now. You know, she had a great career. Really, Amazing. really admire her for doing it. Um, also for good women, Sophia Flush, the... Uh, Young Swiss Formula Three who had the awful crash in Macau, remember? She's coming back to Formula Three. She was a big critic, actually, of the W Series, saying, you know, we've got to be out against the boys, quite right. Um, but yeah, she did two years of Formula Three, what, in 2018 and 19, and she was doing LMP2, bit of DTM. Um, but she's back in Formula Three. I mean, I can't, she's not going to be the next Formula One driver, women. I'm sorry, she's very quick, she's very good, but she's only ever won two races in her entire racing career. And they were both in the Ginetta Juniors at Thruxton. And one day, she won two Ginetta Junior races in 2015 and hasn't won a single race since. But she's very, very good. I mean, still a good ambassador for women moving up the ranks. Uh, and the final good news for women is that Chloe Chambers, the 18-year-old American down down uh, New Zealand, which we'll talk about later, won the reverse, won a race, a first single-seater race. It was, however, a reverse grid race. So you know what I mean? We don't count them, but, you know... <laughs> She had to. She had to be eighth out of seventeen in the first race to get the pole. So she was. She was halfway up the grid. No um, pictures on the scorecard. She's got the trophies no. in first place. I mean, she's. Not, I don't think again. She's going to be a superstar. She did the W series and never got into the top ten. But she didn't, she didn't do much karting. She's fairly a novice. So and it's good for Chloe. She won the reverse grid race. That sounded so patronising. Great for Chloe. Well done. Congratulations. Well, it's a step in. The, it's a step in the right direction. <laughs> You know, I never really count reverse grid wins as a win. Well, you never win. count reverse grid wins if anyone's listening for the first time uh, for for male or female. It's, it, it, we don't yeah. we we don't care whether you're male or female. We don't we have no no, no. no preference. It's all a meritocracy. So uh, <laughs> we love people doing well, whatever gender, sex, or however however you identify. Where are we going now? Finally, the, for for finally the news. Just last quickly, the news. Yeah, was this new motorsport championship been launched out in them? Um, Hyderabad, where we'll talk about Formula E later on. The ACE Championship has been launched. And I mean, the stuff and fluff in the press release, it just, this is the modern world. And I just, it just turns me off. These people over, it's a bit like even for, if you go to a manufacturer's car launch, press launch, when you, if you read the press pack, the amount of sustainability and fluff and fluff, you've read them as well. You know, you, you just, you just glaze over it. I mean, I just talk about it quickly. I mean, so this is a global championship of 2024. No tracks announced, no circuits. It's going to be a regional format on regional circuits across continents. Not sure what that means, but anyway. Um, I mean, basically, they, they did do a sort of a, a, a picture of their future-looking car. And I think it's basically the Gen 2 Formula E. So it's the last, there's about 30 cars probably sitting somewhere. I think basically they're just using these old Gen 2 cars to create a new championship. But I mean, the things they say, it promises to be, and I quote, transformational for motorsport and the automotive industry. Transformational. It's an unparalleled opportunity to grow and hone drivers' skills. It's daring, different, and digital. What's a, dig what's a digital car? 
I mean, I'm not sure what the digital is. But the biggest one, which I'm going to trip them up on and embarrass them if they want to be, according to them, it's the world's first same car used on two levels. So they've got this idea of having a, a junior race and then the same cars on the same team will be used for another bunch at the same weekend at their regional format, regional circuits. Um, I hate to tell you Formula Race, but the um, Euro NASCAR, the Wheeland Series, have actually been doing that since 2009. And I raced at Le Mans and shared the car with another driver. There's a pro race and an am race. They have been doing it since 2009. So you're not a world's first using the same two. Oh, but Ginetta do juniors and seniors, don't they? Don't use the same car. No, you can move uh, up yeah, to the sorry, ranks. Yeah. Right. It's actually using the, that. What that's sort of banging on about? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's just to, they're going to run the old Gen Two cars in the championship somewhere. <laughs> it's so a bit not... like what they. It's the whole E thing. There's like the extreme E. You know what? Um, what's the guy that runs exactly the, the stuff, the PR and stuff they do for extreme E. You know how they're changing the planet. And whoa, I think it just puts me it's off just things. PR ridiculousness. We've got plenty of single-seater series. And, oh, dear. Are, we so anyway. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast, by the way? I yeah, I think we can then. swear. Yeah, okay. yeah. Good. So <laughs> good, luck with, good luck with the ACE Championship, which uh, I think will probably go Let's go to a week. proper championship. Let's go to World Rally Championship, because uh, it was in Sweden. It was on the snow and ice. Um, Wonder. Proper drama. Really, really, <laughs> really good rally. Because when you watch those cars, I'm... I'm We'll get to the end, but I was watching Craig Breen, who, who just made the whole rally for me because I just love that man. Who's, who, who, he loves motors. He t- he's in tears when he gets in charge. He's had a really up and down career. He probably just crashed once or twice too often, um, which is meant in leaving teams. But he always gives his heart away. And just those Swedish stages, I mean, they're coming down, they were doing, I think it was 130 miles an hour in long straights in one of the sections. And they're coming to a 90 direct 90 right. Now, you and I will be looking for the 300-yard board meter, 200-meter, where's the braking point? And it's just all white. And you've got to go down to about 30 miles an hour or you'll be in a snowbank or you'll be two seconds too slow if you break too early. I mean, it's incredible skills. And and they also give it a bit of a scandy flick before they go into the... Yeah, they bounce off the the snowbacks on the way out. But uh, but it was a hell of a... I mean, I have to point out again that the the trouble with rallying as a sport is it's this... um, running order at the beginning. It's almost what some people want for one to be. It's, it's quite often like the reverse grid formula because the championship leader, Cali Rovampera, is he the championship leader now? Wouldn't it have been him? One, anyway, they were. he was leading the way. So he was going out the stages and there was some low, uh, new snow over the ice. So he had to get the snow out of the way. So he was slower. Whereas Craig, because it was his first rally, he's not doing a full series. He's sharing the car with Danny Sorda, the Hyundai. He was like the eighth runner. So he did have better conditions. So you have to always put that in. It's a bit like a reverse grid race. But nevertheless, he just drove brilliantly. And he pulled out about a four or five second lead. Uh, but going into the last day, no, the Saturday it was, the third day, um, Ox Tanak uh, was tracking him down in the Ford. That's quite a good stroke. So Craig was dropped out of the Ford team he was with exactly. last year. And Tanak uh, left Hyundai and came into, into the Ford team. So... There was two good stories because it was Ford who eventually won it and it was Craig who we all love. Um, But it's slightly annoying because on the Saturday afternoon when he lost his lead, he dropped, he had a five, six second lead and it dropped to an eight second deficit to Tanak on on the Saturday. He had his flipping, flipping, flipping hybrid unit stop working. (laughs) So many of the rally, every rally report, there'll be at least one or two or three drives at the end of the stage saying, my hybrid didn't work on that stage. 
straights. They've lost power. And these huge, long straights in, in Sweden, having yeah. that extra hybrid power would have made a big difference. Um, but even so, they hunted them down. And then there was team orders involved to upset a few people, purists, um, because catching fast in third place was um, Thierry Neuville, who's behind us, lead driver, who needs the points for the championship. So they made, uh, just for the last stage, they made um, Craig uh, take a tense check in a minute late, which cost, it was an automatic 10-second penalty. But it was a bit of a fine line, because that only put him 0.5 of a second behind Neuville going to the last stage. So it was still a bit fine. Um, but they couldn't have given him a 20-second penalty or he would drop behind Robin Pera to fourth place. So all this was going on. And then uh, in that final televised stage, uh, the Neuville went and bloody had a big into the bank and nearly ditched it completely, but got himself out. So he had actually a slow time. So, in fact, Craig tried to back off and let Neuville finish second. Still finished second because he obviously went quicker than uh, Neuville had been in the slow bank. So loads of drama. Great news for Ford, for Malcolm Wilson's team up in up in um, Cumbria, you know, because they run a tiny budget compared with the Hyundai and, and Toyota. Um Alfred Evans subdued fifth, not really on it all weekend, wasn't happy with his Twitter. Um, and one final good news story, the Irish eyes are smiling. They won the rugby. Craig Breen had a magnificent uh, second place. And there was an uh, junior world rally, the WRC three cars, was won by an Irishman called William Creighton. So congratulations, William, who won that class by 0.6 of a second. Wow. After three days of rallying wow. on snow and ice. So it's a great advert for rallying, um, but it is that reverse grid thing that you know the people at the front are complaining that you know they're going slow because they have to, to clear the track. But sweep it's, it's the, sweep the way. It can't really be changed. I don't think anybody's come up. They did have qualifying many years ago. They had them all on the test uh, loop. Actually, qualifying the fastest then chose because some places going first is an advantage on some surfaces, tarmac, and other places. So. But they dropped that, and they've they've stuck now with this championship order reversed. But anyway, but it's just it's just not entertaining to watch, is it? I, I love your enthusiasm. Well, that is the end. problem. I know. I mean, when you're following someone like Craig on that last from a helicopter, you don't don't put it in, don't, 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 don't and it looks impossible. He's not going to stick it in a snowbank any minute now. But yeah. you know the skills they have, and of course the studied tires are pretty impressive, although they wear out during the day when they have to keep the tyres. But I know what you mean. You're just waiting for the stopwatch at the end. You know, they, they all look the same speed. You can't Who's really going see. to pass it? Exactly. I know. No. You can't exactly. see it visually who's quickest, who isn't. Um, anyway, it was good entertainment. I watched yes. caught, caught it up. And then I even watched Formula E. Did you get up on Saturday, all over on Saturday morning? Formula E went off to India. You once again probably didn't emerge in time to catch Well, I that. wanted to because our friend Nikki Shields was hosting it on Channel 4, wasn't she? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but I didn't. I, I think I did something like, I think I was watching some paint or something. I'm not, no, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, they made this new track in Hyderabad. And it actually was quite a good track, quite flowing and fast, reasonably wide, not wide enough as usual. But, I mean, like idiots, they had too many chicanes because they all need to slow the cars down because they can regen. If you don't have enough corners, they can't regen enough in order to get to the finish. But everything was a bit late. One of the chicanes, they didn't even have time to put a curb on it. They just painted the bloody road. So everybody went straight over. Yes. Anyway, unfortunately, the television never picked out the exact chicane where people were being pinged. One long right-hand corner, they were all going off over what looked to me like a painted chicane. 
But um, in the qualifying, their knockout qualifying system they have, which is quite good. I like what they do with yeah. qualifying. Um, there was about four or five drivers, including Sam Bird, who got uh, pinged and dropped the back of the top ten uh, in, in the sort of knockout section of the qualifying. So that caused a bit of controversy. Um, and then the Porsches, the Porsche power plants sort of had come first and second in the first three races. They're big favourites. We're all waiting to see whether Porsche would dominate the whole year. Uh, poor old Pascal Verlein had what uh, Porsche described as a, a software issue, which to you and me was getting punted off the road at about 100 miles an hour in a concrete barrier and going to hospital because your back's hurting. Um, and this is what it goes back. I, nobody said what it really was, but it looks like to approach a very fast corner, it looks like the rear's almost locked up. Now, of course, they've got no rear brakes. Um, and so a computer decides how much regen. Now, whether it was some sort of braking issue, I, I'm completely guessing. But the accident to me looked like he was he was pitched sideways before he even turned into the corner, virtually. But how they got the nerve to go around there with these software issues. So anyway, Porsche then withdrew their four Porsche-powered cars, which included Jake Dennis, who's second in the championship, the British driver. Well, it's always in uh, the back of your mind, even if it's not. Even well, if I it's, know. Yeah. I know. So uh, they, did, they didn't do well in qualifying because they missed the whole rest of the practice sessions. And they actually lined up 12th and 11th. The championship leader, Verlheim, was 12th and Dennis was 11th. So that was a bit of a change. The Jaguar power plants uh, seems to the ones to have this weekend. They've been getting better all year, actually. Uh, Mitch Evans was on pole position, so it looked really good for Jaguar. The Envision team that have Jaguar power plants, whatever they're called, um, they were looking good. But... Um, Unfortunately, Sandbird's weekend went from bad to worse because uh, in the melee of about halfway through the race, or a quarter way through the race, because the bit of overtaking goes on, because, of course, you've got to go into that stupid off-ramp to pick up your attack zone to get more power, which basically normally means you lose two places picking it up and you gain two places back using it. So you're all back where you were. Anyway, in the middle of this, they're always going round nose to tail because they're all trying to save their power. But Sandbird completely cocked up, breaking for the hairpin and took out his teammate, Mitch Evans. So both Jaguars were out on the spot, um, which sort of opened up the race to others. Uh, but in fact, it was Jean-Éric Verde in the uh, Penske was leading at that time. He qualified seconds. So they were in good form. Meanwhile, good old um, Jake Dennis, our boy, had come up from, where was it, 11th, I said, to third place, going to get the championship lead back. When he was punted after a restart pace car session by uh, René Rast in the McLaren, there was one hairpin, but they all tried to overtake and it caused all the controversy. Uh, so that took out um, Jake Dennis. And Jean-Éric Verne then was leading, but he had 2% less power than Nick Cassidy in the Envision. It was on his tail. So then the last... I mean, this, is when, when, this is when I lose my rag again. Because the commentary then for the last three laps, Jean-Éric Verne has the whole field now punched up behind him. Because he's just blocking everywhere. He's just lifting and ghosting. He's like one of those police wombles when they're out on the motorways and they get out in front of you and just slow you all down. Uh, and the commentary was just all, uh, he's got 1%, whereas Envision, they've got 3%, he's got 2% more, but the one car behind's got 1%. They've got five laps to go, he can't make it. He's only got one, he's down to 0.6%. Can't keep up. Anyway, to me, it was quite obvious John Eric was going to hold it off because he's a brilliant blocker. Yeah, but he did. He managed. It's so hard to overtake, Tiff. That's the thing. Well, there was only one corner, you know. So what John Eric did was he just decelled and regened where he knew, just in the middle of the road, just elbows out, decel, regen. You could all sit behind me if you want. You're not getting past me. Then we got to the one straight, 
he had the power, so he could use full power down the straight, and then oh, was it? Mm -hmm. So I mean, they look they look spectacular, and they're brilliant drivers. Yeah, some of the best drivers call it was that the best Formula E race ever. For goodness' sake, stop it! It's that's that. Therein lies the problem for me, as I always say, it's not a race because it's more of a strategy. Because they're not going flat out; they're not allowed to. So and that's what's interesting about this, the, the Formula Ace. What's that championship it's called? The Ace Championship. Yeah. When you look at Formula E, they've got, they've got each driver's got like six engineers looking at screens, you know, to monitor his progress. And I can't imagine some, uh, what was it called? Transformational for motorsport and unparalleled opportunity to have. <laughs> anyway, the fight. So, so then one from Envision's Nick Cassidy and uh, Verline recovered to third. He got third, in, no, fourth he got in the end. So he's increased his championship lead over Dennis, which is a bit of a pain because Dennis really is the star of that former at the moment. He, he just seems to get on with it. What did it get? So there we go. What did it get on the uh, entertainment meter? Entertainment o meter. A uh, new, a new entertainment meter. Oh, I'll give that meter. some. No, I'll, I'll give that seven. I was quite enjoying it. You seven know, out I'm, of a hundred. It was the morning when it came. <laughs> Actually, you know, just pretty much some bloody track limits because those chicanes were. I've decided the only way. It may might cause damage somewhere. The only way we should catch, you've got to have the tyre stack on the apex in the middle. The only way you're going to keep people from not controversially yeah, short. then so. you get people say, oh, yes, it'll knock so the dangerous. They'll knock the oh, tyres. No, well, oh. But anyway, have you not heard about the UK motorsport, which I think we've got until the 23rd of February to all protest about? The new track limits they're suggesting for UK motorsport, right, is if you put half a tyre, off the edge of the curb, it's instant one second. You can't change it back. You won't know about it until the end of the race. Wow. Because you haven't got information. So one second. No, no longer you're going to have the two warnings, which I think is fine. You know, do it twice. You get a black and exactly, white. Exactly. I agree. I agree. Flag. You except then know, for, okay. except for qualifying, then it should be instant, of course. Well, yeah, you've got to take other lap times out. Yeah, but they're, yes. they're, this study's suggesting it's not in law yet. But I mean, it would just be catastrophic. I mean, imagine at the end oh, of the race, how many one seconds have you, you imagine got? The, yeah, to just to... And then, you know, were you that. pushed there? Were you pushed there? Or, you know, was it just you doing it? I don't think it's all going to be pang pinged uh, by electronic devices. It's going to be a, a, it's a steward watching, you know. And then, so and like, then what happens if... You've got if 12 I'm, caterums coming through in a bunch yeah. and you've got to try and see which one put half a tyre over the edge of the track. And what happens if you're my arch nemesis and you're... A, you're uh, nine tenths in front of me at the finish line, the checkered flag. Do I go back and say, ah, but on lap four? <laughs> no, that's banned. Time. You're oh, not allowed to protest. Yes, really? Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. That's also in the rules. You cannot go back and say, well, he did it and he didn't get pinged. It will wow. be official. Oh, that's going to be, that'll be carnage. That'll be so hard to manage. Well, yeah. And it'll just so, ruin race results at the end of the race. You won't know who won it. The spectators will be completely confused. It will happen so many times. We, we we both love football, and VAR is destroying that sport. But that would just be. Okay, hold on a minute. I'm, I'm I'm withdrawing from the we both love football. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not surprised moment. how your team's doing. <laughs> two managers in two weeks. Well, the Welsh windbag's gone. At least we lost the Welsh windbag in Southampton. <laughs> Southampton will be back. But oh, it was a. I was down there, obviously as usual, in my season ticket seat watching the match and one nil up, and then. They and then 10 men, so. 10 men wolves for about yeah, right. okay, okay. Let's go on, let's go back. Let's go so, on so, so Tiff, let's go back. World Rally Championships, what are you giving that on the entertainment uh, meter? Well, 10? thanks to Craig Breen, it was nine. I was on the edge of my seat to the end. Nine? Come on, what, what I was you? on the edge of... 
It was just okay. On this, the live, the live, the end of the live. I had to watch it fast forward because obviously even the live final stage is pretty dull because they always start the shot of the wheels low, wheel spin off the line, on boards. It just destroys the the entertainment meter already because people aren't (laughs) going to take you seriously now, giving that a nine. I had a happy weekend. I had a happy weekend. Okay, so um, I think finally we got uh, uh, the, the the younger people. In, yeah, uh, well, let's go to the younger people. I'll put ultimate weekend for some, the final weekend for those in New Zealand as we follow our review of the kids that are going to be in Formula One in six years' time, hopefully maybe, for them. Maybe sooner, maybe sooner. Um, the Formula Fours and Formula Regional Middle East were at the Dubai track again. I thought they were um, at Abu Dhabi. You know, I got that wrong. I think of my preview. I think it's Abu Dhabi next weekend. I, okay. did, I think I'm mucked up then. I'm They're up, in the UAE. Like, They're somewhere <laughs> in the UAE. <laughs> anyway. The, the new kid on the block has only really come hot in the second half of this series. He's this Ferrari Academy kid, this Finnish boy, Tuka Taponen, yeah. who's the next Kimi Raikkonen. Because he won all three races, including the reverse grid race. So that's a pretty impressive wow. achievement by Tuka Taponen. Um, and his fellow um, Ferrari Academy boy, the Aussie, James Walton, good weekend for the Ferrari Academies. He had three podiums, and he now goes to the top of the points table just ahead of Tuka. So with one weekend to go, three more races, the Ferrari boys at the first and second of the championship. Uh, was a bad weekend for, for um, McLaren's boy, Hugo, Hugo Chukwu, who had an awful weekend and dropped down the points. He had one third place, I think, or not even that. Not even another third place, but he's fallen back to third in the points. So all I'm, to play for in the final weekend of F4 UAE next weekend. I'm glad you did whereas, the pronunciations, by the way. Whereas the Formula Regional Middle East has pretty much settled down into a, a walk-away win, unless things go really wrong, for the Mercedes protégé, Mercedes Academy, uh, Andrea Kimi Antonelli. He's pretty well out top. He had another win. Um, but there were three podiums for the British driver, the Nico Rosberg's protégé, who, who started his career mainly raced in Germany with Nico Rosberg's kart team and then Formula 4. Uh, so Taylor Barnard is a solid second at the point. So we should have a Brit second in the championship at least. So is there any like finale where they do they they take the uh, southern hemisphere, northern hemisphere, and sort of have a a, a season finale? That would be a good one, wouldn't it? North, no, no. But it costs enough for these children and their fathers and and their, these young people with their Ferraris and their fathers' partners and sponsors and academy money. Because yeah, that academy true. money doesn't pay for the whole lot, I don't think. I'd be very surprised if they pay the entire budget. I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out. Do those how's, Ferrari Academy boys? How's that budget looking with uh, Corvette Brands Hatch? How's that looking? I haven't heard recently. You're in charge now. <laughs> Team manager. Um, <laughs> so then finally, we go down under to New Zealand, um, which was their final weekend and uh, at the Taupo circuit. And one win was enough for Charlie Wirtz to claim that championship. So our first single-seater champion of the year, is Charlie Wurtz, the Austrian son, of course, of Alexander Wurtz. Um, so he'll be heading back to, to Europe for hopefully have a successful season. And he just held off the key. was a really good Kiwi, Callum Hedge, who um, also had one win at the weekend, um, well clear of the rest in second place. So good for Callum, but I don't think he's got a sponsor, whether he'll ever have enough money. It's a sad, sad thing for the Kiwis and the, and the Australians. You know, it's so expensive to come to Europe nowadays. When you think how many used to just come over and work as a mechanic for a Formula 3 team, you know, and work in the workshop and pick up a drive. And, you know, Chris Amon came and worked for Cooper and uh, Denny Hulme. They all came over. Jack Brabham came and worked for Cooper. Um, so it's, it's very hard nowadays for them to come over with the cost of the budgets. 
And of course, the reverse grid race was won by Chloe Chambers. Yeah, brilliant. So the part-timers so, haven't done the whole championship. Louis Foster, our British boy, had one podium. And Nick DeFries's Dutch little star, Lawrence Van Hoopen, had a couple of podiums. So, so all the names of the future. Look out for that's, them. Yeah, look out for them, especially Toka Tapanen and uh, Hugo Yugachukwa and Andrea Kimi Antonelli. We found them. You've heard them here first. It doesn't sound very German, driving for Mercedes, the last one. I know, but he's a Mercedes producer. It just shows you don't have to be. Doesn't There's no, that's a racist statement, to assume that Mercedes Academy <laughs> would all be German. Racist. That's, you that's, me that's, I'm racist. sure that's a racist. Someone doesn't sound German. <laughs> You've assumed that because he's a Mercedes, he has to be German. Uh, no, I was just saying he doesn't sound German. It's, well, it's tricky. It's a tricky thing these days. On that little way, <laughs> this weekend, some, boys. Please, this please, weekend. Don't forget. Before this weekend, we got tomorrow coming up. You need to do some voice um, stretching and all that. Stuff. Yeah, for Love Guys on the Road TV series coming to your home soon. We got some um, uh, voiceover to record tomorrow. Indeed. So. Yeah, for the whole episode. But I should be looking forward to the Daytona 500, boys. Yep. I'm not, I've been hosting a corporate party for the last three or four years, missing it this year, not enough people, mm. enough money to go. But I'll be loving that, the 500. Um, always entertaining on a, late on a Sunday night. And, of course, that Yas Marina finale for the Formula 4 and Formula Regional out in the UAE. Sounds amazing. Can't wait. Did I sound sincere then? I'm worried yeah. about my entertainment meter now. I'm gonna have to. I have to reevaluate that point. You well, threw well, that at me. I was, just, you know, you just threw it at me. We'll I didn't want to be too negative this. early on. But I know what you mean now. If I've set the bar too high too soon, yeah, it's quite quite a, a broad statement that one. Of, um, but anyway, thanks for joining. Subscribe. What do they do? We're not. Getting, I mean, people are saying nice things on our on our YouTube page where you can put your comments. But you have to. Where's our button? Subscribe, our loyal, our loyal subscribe, listeners. Subscribe. Follow. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. We just need to attract maybe another hundred thousand more a week. But um, <laughs> when we earn some money, if we do that, will we get any money back then? No, probably not. But we do it for love, which is good. Thank you. All right. Much. See you tomorrow, Paul. See you all soon, everywhere. Cheers, see you guys. Bye.